This episode of Relativity is made possible through the support of Stephen and Catherine Farris, Bill Cariola, Barry Heap, Paul Van Bremen, and Michael W. McClure, and by listeners like you, who support us and get exclusive content through patreon.com slash relativity. Dr. Mason went in the habitat, and he observed the plant life doing things that plants don't usually do. Don't tell me the flowers called out to one another with quantum data. What? I'm quoting, the flowers call out to one another with quantum data. Remember Louis Anstey? I wonder if you remember Louis Anstey? Yes. How strange. I think we need to find him and ask him a few questions. Well, brace yourself for a shock. Marcus and Prithvi think so too. Relativity, episode 45, in which Nadia shows signs of evolution. Uh, Mark, what? They called me just a minute or two before you did with a wild idea that we need to talk to Lewis Anstey because he used to preach that flowers were talking to each other, which is pretty wild because, I mean, that would mean that plants possess a kind of intelligence and have formed a language of sorts, you know, which is the ravings of a lunatic, obviously. Are you still there? I'm still here. You're taking him seriously. I'm just trying to collect all the data I can. Well, sure, but this And when we locate him, I want you to be the one to talk with him. Me? Why do I have to talk to the crazy guy? You're the one who observed the peculiar behavior in the plants and the habitat, so naturally you can describe it better than any of us can. Well, Marcus and Prithvi said he's disappeared and he hasn't been heard from in years. He did, but I know something about him that the young men around here do not. Uh, you mean the guys who I assume are sitting at the monitor next to you? No, they went to a computer development console. Oh, okay. So so what is it that Marcus and Prithvi don't know? New recruits like them don't remember that Anstey used to work for the Global Space Agency. He was one of us. Uh, one of you. He was. And early in his career as a public figure, he'd use that to present himself as a voice of authority. So whatever he'd say would get repeated as the Global Space Agency says. And they don't remember that. This was 10, even 15 years ago. The period Marcus and Prithvi remember was just before he disappeared, and that was only eight years ago. Well, five years ago. It was at least eight years ago. Sophia, he was making speeches about what a sin against nature this mission is when I left orbit. And that was, I've been on this ship for five years. That was eight years ago. You're kidding me right now, aren't you? I mean, I I don't always get your jokes. I know that I've been on this ship for five years. Chris, I know, I know you must have been taught about time dilation. I mean, you were allowed to skip a lot of essential training. Yes, they had an urgent need, and I, you know, volunteered. I really want... you must have been carefully prepared for the fact that you... Once the compensator field was activated, you'd reach your maximum velocity and we're in a different time-space dimension. Oh, 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 no, 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 you're right. You, oh, you're right, of course. So, you did know that? Yes, of course, yes. Once we were traveling at this speed, and before the compensator field kicked in, the time on the ship would be different from the time on Earth. Yeah, no, of course, everybody knew that. But, I can't believe we've gotten sidelined into talking about this, but how could you not know now? 
that after you'd been in space for five years, your launch date would be eight years in the past. No, I knew that at one time. I just forgot about it because I really and truly do not care. That detail makes absolutely no difference to me whatsoever. I'm still not sure if you're kidding. I'm not. I had my reasons for wanting to get the hell away from the Earth as fast as I could, and now that you insist I remember it all, yes, I recall the lectures where they told us in painstaking detail that we'd go through this period when we were moving through time more slowly than everybody back home, and that we would lose contact with the Earth forever, and I said, good, that's what I want, let's go. And once we were underway, I heard for the first year of the voyage, my shipmates would want to talk about the ramifications of that and, and you know, about who, who and what they were leaving behind. And I would just excuse myself and go somewhere else because I knew they did not want to hear me saying, everybody on Earth is going to die soon anyway, because nobody wants to hear that from their doctor, right? It's bad for business. And I'm sorry to unload all that on you at once. I don't. I don't know what to say. Uh, I guess I always suspected your circumstances were something like like that, but I, I didn't know. Well, no, when, when I joined this mission, you, you weren't there. You weren't the flight director. I mean, wow, if it was eight years ago, you Earth time, you may have still been working on your doctorate. As a matter of fact, I was. Wow, you, so you were still in Nanyang. Yes, then recruited straight to Pasadena and then to Arecibo. Huh. Yeah, I guess for you, those were the years that I sort of skipped over. That would be about right, yes. Hey, hey, Sophia, do you, do you think it's possible that that is why our voices say you must remain connected? Are they telling us that people, uh, shouldn't be getting separated by time dilation? That we shouldn't be gallivanting around at near light speeds and, and, and in the process losing touch with people and you know i don't think so but it's an interesting theory i mean it doesn't explain what the voices are or where they came from no 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 it's just a random realization and i i I guess i brought a third topic into this already complicated conversation but do 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 we uh, do we have to go back to the first one oh maybe i shouldn't have even brought that up i mean lewis and steve was well he did seem to be unstable But he also used to say a lot of things that made sense, so I I thought maybe he'd be the one to somehow, uh, I don't know. No, no, I I guess you're right. We have so many mysteries to solve at the same time. I guess any source of insight would be welcome. That was my thinking, yes. And you think his being a former GSA employee is going to help? It may be the reason why I can find him when nobody else has been able to, because he would probably... Uh, Flight director, this is Marcus at the development console. Flight, go ahead. Yeah, even though you just completely ruined a dramatic climax. Go ahead, Marcus. We've been working with the virtual copy of the Kenyeshni Central Computer, and in our copy, we were immediately able to find the book Dr. Mason mentioned. You're certain. We have a file called De Duino Elegies by Bohemian-Austrian poet Rainer Maria Rilke. That's it, all right. Now, since our copy of the library is made from the original, we know that everything that is in here was also on the ship when it left orbit. There are only two ways we can think of that would have caused the Kenyesni central computer to fail to find the file. And one is that the book was deleted. Which is next to impossible. Right. Or that the computer's indexing system has a fault. 
one tiny, almost insignificant fault. Marcus, could that have happened naturally? I mean, maybe as a result of the explosion, or would that require some inside tampering? Pritvi and I agree it must be the result of tampering. So do I. Okay, but why? The odds that some electrical surge or physical damage to the mainframe deleted a single file or affected only one part of the ship's index? Those odds are basically zero. I hope you will forgive the interruption. Oh, not you. And I apologize if I startled you. But as you might imagine, this conversation is of extreme interest to me. No, no, since it concerns what's going on in your personal insides, I bet it does. I agree completely that this curious discrepancy could only be caused through deliberate tampering. Of the kind that you know occurred? Exactly. For all the reasons you earlier stated. In addition to which, it's a book that we know Peter Miblin had. A book that was significant to him, the captain, and to Chris. Yeah, that's what I keep thinking. I can provide another important piece of data. Then please do. Peter's paper copy of this book was destroyed. What? When? Two days before his death. He placed it in the disposal chute. And of course my senses identify and log every item that is placed in that chute before allowing it to continue to the eliminator. He burned his copy of this book? And he removed it from Nadia's memory? What's his grudge against this book? No, no, that's not it. He loved this book. He he did this for some other reason. Could it, could it have been some kind of message to Captain Sadana? Or to you? Or both? That's a very good theory, Marcus. I like it. Unfortunately, we don't know what that message was. Uh, true, true. No, I, I have no idea. All we know about the virtual copy is that Peter messed with the central computer's indexing system. But why did he do that? I have no idea. And Privy is shaking his head, too. We don't have a clue. Thank you for all of this, gentlemen. Well done. We'll keep looking for anything else that's out of the ordinary. Please do. We got it, boss. The pre-out. Well, that is just plain unfair. What is? They interrupted your fascinating story to tell us that something else doesn't make sense. They were supposed to be clarifying things, not adding more mud oh, to I them. I think they're narrowing the search down very nicely. This tampering with the computer index is significant in some way. I feel sure of it. Ooh, intuition? Really? I'm allowed to have gut feelings. Yeah, sure, but... Uh, well, okay, J- just go back to telling me why you can find Lewis Anstey when nobody else can, and and say it quick before somebody else interrupts. The audio implants, like the one you have, they became widely available inside the agency about the time that Anstey came to work for us, and everybody was getting them. People told me about that, yeah, they just said they jumped at it because it seemed so, so handy. If Lewis Anstey got one, then maybe I can find his PFI and make a call directly to him, straight into his head. Uh, his PFI. Oh, personal frequency information. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, well, that would be great, but uh, I feel pretty sure that somebody who became a paranoid recluse will have had his implant removed a long time ago. Actually, I think so too, but as you know, they can be turned on and off at will. Maybe he keeps his off most of the time, but turns it on when he needs to contact somebody inside the agency. Uh, okay, and and you think you can you can find his uh what do you call it his PFI? We have a database. Well, yeah, but so does Nadia, and hers has holes in it. I'll let you know what I find out. Same here. Mission Control out. Nadia. Doctor. I'm getting out of here. I don't understand. You're learning about humans, and you know me especially well. I am like many humans in that having a head full of annoying puzzles and frustrating interactions makes me want to move, to get up and do things. What things do you plan to do? I plan to walk 
and think. And since you follow me everywhere, we can talk while I'm walking. The description of my following you is picturesque but misleading. It would be more accurate to say that as far as this ship is concerned, I am everywhere and therefore oh, okay, it would... Okay, you're right. And, and that's not what I wanted to talk with you about. Then please continue. I would love to know what you, with your mighty computer brain, are, are, are making of all of this. Please specify. Any of it. All of it. I'm afraid that is not specific. Uh, okay, no, I, I didn't specify very much, did I? Um, okay, let me put it this way. Uh, choose one topic uh, on which to offer opinions and insights. Okay, I've got three. Uh, A, the, the prospect of talking with well-known nut Louis Anstey about the weird things that I saw and felt in the habitat. Okay, so that's topic A. Understood. Um, topic B, is the notion that the voices Sophie and I have heard that say you must remain connected are somehow related to the fact that thanks to time dilation and all that, I have lost almost all connection with the Earth and will one day lose even more of it. Please continue. Yeah, and then there's option C, which is this thing about Peter having somehow made you forget that you have a file in your databanks that you actually do have, or whatever he did. Those are all bewildering topics. Indeed they are. For personal reasons, I must choose option C and offer my thoughts about Peter's violation of my memories and experiences. Uh, oh, good. Okay, but uh, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Did you just say your thoughts? I did. If you've ever referred to your processing of information as thought, I have somehow missed it. I have decided to begin using that term. You also said something about personal reasons, which is, think, the first time I've heard you refer to yourself as a person? And did I, I almost hate to ask this, did I hear this right? Did you, were you talking about Peter violating you? Are the terms inaccurate? Oh, like I've said before, this is a question for somebody who knows a hell of a lot more about computers than I do, which I admit would be practically anybody. Among the many projects I am supervising simultaneously, I am continuing my exploration of human behavior, experience, and emotion. Oh, I can tell. For example, it seems appropriate to me that at this time I am infuriated by the prospect of Peter Miblin tampering with the deepest, most carefully guarded part of me, for an unknown purpose and with unknown consequences. Yeah, if I were you, that's how I would feel. Precisely. Come to think of it, that is how I feel. Because he kind of got into my head and jerked a few things around in there, too. Then we are sharing an emotional experience? I guess we are. Certainly we are. You feel Peter has taken advantage of your friendship and committed crimes you were powerless to stop. True. You know what? I'm going back to his quarters. I have stayed out of there since the last time, since I went in there right after I found his body, and I think it's time I searched through that place a little more thoroughly. The tone of your voice strikes me as vindictive. You bet your quantum algorithm it is. I do understand your feelings. I empathize. I'm beginning to think you really do. It is extremely gratifying to hear you say that, Doctor. It's very kind of you. Kind and loving. You you are changing at a remarkable speed, Nadia. It's, it's almost frightening. Frightening? Why would you find my personal evolution frightening? Oh, well, I, I mean no offense. It, it's probably a, an irrational bias formed by reading a lot of science fiction in which robots become sentient and then decide that human beings are no longer necessary and eventually all the people end up dead. The very idea is revolting. I wish to always be a companion to humans and especially to you. I guess what I'm trying to say is 
My girl is growing up so fast. My processors are capable of 900 trillion calculations per second. I know, but calculation isn't all that human emotion is. Well, maybe it is. That, that is. that is actually not something I've studied. If human emotion isn't calculation, then where does it come from? Well, uh, let's do one thing at a time, okay? I am at Peter's door, and I'm going to go in there, and I want you to help me look around and see if there's anything important in there that we missed the last time. I will. I will help you any way that I can. I know how much this entire experience has pained you, and I want very much for you to find all the answers you seek. Uh, well, thank you. Nadia, I, I, I appreciate that deeply. I think you know what I'm trying to say. Well, I, I have a strange suspicion. Is it wrong? Is it somehow unacceptable for me to tell you? I love you. Relativity, episode 45, in which Nadia shows signs of evolution. Written, directed, and produced by Lee Shackelford. Featured in the cast were Alana Jordan, Clarence Brown, and Lee Shackelford. The role of central computer Nadia was played by herself. Please rate this program and leave a comment about it wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us attract new listeners to share this journey. And find out much more about the series, including ways you can subscribe, hear past episodes, and connect with us through social media, and how you can get exclusive content, all on our website at relativitypodcast.com. Wi-Fi Sci-Fi Wi-Fi Sci-Fi Wi-Fi Sci-Fi What is Wi-Fi Sci-Fi? It's Girl in Space Tales of Sage and Savant The Ninth World Journal Oz 9 Moonbase Theta Out It's Girl in Space Wi-Fi Sci-Fi What is Wi-Fi Sci-Fi? Find out at wi-fi sci-fi.org Wi-Fi Sci-Fi